0: Hey, this is Marina, and you're listening to Sober Baby, a show about how the one thing I have to change is everything. Every Friday, I invite you to hang out with me and my guests on Instagram Live as we talk about addiction, sobriety, and everything in between. Hi, everyone. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I always love how Instagram's like, we're telling your followers that you've started a live video. Like, you better, bitch. Yay, welcome. Welcome to the live stream. Sober Baby Season 2, Episode 3. Um, Wow. Hi, everyone. Unintentionally, my makeup matches the painting behind me. Um, but I'm so excited to be here. There are so many hearts already in the chat. Um, before I invite my guests on, I just wanted to say hi and I'm like really nervous for this episode. I just got so nervy. I don't know why, but maybe just cause it's like a vulnerable situation always to be in. Um, but season two, episode three with my new friend, Alex. Um, I'm so, 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 so excited. And, um, I just wanted to like do a, like a little order of business before we get started. Uh, the first is that if you haven't heard, Sower Baby is on Spotify and it's a big fucking deal. So just go and follow, just type into Spotify, Sower Baby. And if you're one of those people who has Apple Music, it will be on Apple Podcasts soon. But it's also on like Google Podcasts. It's on like five different streaming platforms, all because of Jenny, who has worked so hard. And it's like, it sounds really good. Um, so go follow because there's five new episodes coming out every week, I think. Jenny, correct me on that one. I don't know. Maybe. And yeah, I'm wearing makeup today, which if you guys know me, this is like a new thing. And it will be a new thing for season two because I have become just like lovely and good friends with Tessa, who literally kills the makeup game and just did it on my face today. So this is what you guys are getting for season two. Just like hot Marina. So Hopefully it'll be easy on the eyes and hard on the ears, and that's like what Sower Baby is, right? So um, I know I can hear you like chuckling. Do you have the clicker? Where's the clicker? We need the clicker. Um, I'm so excited about how many people are here right now, and I just hope you guys all had a good week, and I hope you guys are ready for this uh, this show. Jeremiah, I see that Jeremiah's in the chat. Jeremiah was just here getting a tattoo by Danny. If you guys want to get tatted by Danny, come through. But, yeah, this is, like, a really special episode for me because I haven't really had, like, a new new friend on the show. I've had kind of, like, complete strangers. I've had people that I know. But um, the person who's going to be on today, I just met, like, a month ago. Yeah, I met a month ago. And it's already blossomed into this really beautiful and meaningful friendship. And Maddie just joined the chat. That's who's painting this is. Maddie Boyd, everyone. Unbelievable. I saw this painting two years ago, and I fell in love with it. But, yeah. Alex is going to join me on the show. I'm just going to, like, introduce him when he's here. So come join us. Come join us on the show. Yay! Hey I'm guys. going to give you guys all the music. It's all
1: right, I got kind of nervy as well. No,
0: I'm so nervous. What <laughs> the fuck? And we're, like, personable people. Why are we nervous? I don't know. It's okay. There's lots of hearts and everyone's joining. There's already 20 people here. So well, that's exciting. I got your clicker. Okay, Danny, do you want to just come check the audio levels really quick? We're, we're doing this without Jenny because Jenny's traveling. Jenny's a national traveler, and so we're kind of like being Jenny today, which really lets me know how how much Jenny does and how little I don't know how to do. So, Danny, if you could just, like, step into this room and help us out with this audio. If you're watching this live stream, um, my thought is that probably this might need to yeah get comfy. There we go. Get comfy Here. and cozy in this little corner. How's the is. audio sound? Does it sound okay? Yeah, hey. Okay, great. People are loving you in the chat. Love, Alex. <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hey,
1: how's it going, guys? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm pretty excited. Wow. Um, sober babies, freaking out right now. How are you feeling?
1: I mean, I feel pretty good. Okay. I've been anticipating this for like a week now. And I know,
0: I totally just sprung it on you. I've
1: just been really, really excited to come join you and be a part of this experience.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because it's like just us in my bedroom right now. With like a blank room, but then there's so many of you in here, and it's just like it's always a really wild experience to be like, wow, there are people on the other end of this. So I hope that wherever you are and however your week treated you, that the next hour will be just like an honest and real experience for you as it is for us. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen. We didn't plan idea. it. We didn't plan this out. <laughs> Um, but maybe just like to start it off, uh, I want to express gratitude for Alex coming here because I just asked you like last week if you wanted to be a part of this and I'm like, well, thanks. yeah, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And it's like amazing to have a sober, just like a new sober friend. And like, especially like a new sober guy friend, because building friendships with guys has been really like hard for me because of just like, you know, trust issues. So <laughs> it's like really nice to have a guy friend who I can like,
1: well, we talked about this, like this last weekend that it's, uh. It's been a process of actually trying yeah. to, like, build solid uh, relationships with females that it's just a friendship, you yeah, know?
0: Yeah, totally, totally. So, we're working on our friendship, just like you guys are probably working on, not only relating to us, but to each other, and I hope that, yeah, I hope you have a great time this next hour. I'm going to have a great time. Um, let's just, like, start it off with a brief kind of, like, who who the fuck are you? Like, who are you? <laughs> How are you coming into this space? Like... All right. Yeah.
1: Um, We'll do, like, a... A solid rehab intro. Yeah. Um, So I was born and raised here in Gainesville, Florida, um, to loving parents. um, Played soccer growing up and had a really, really close friend base. We started partying at like 15, and it kind of just started off that way. And I went away to college, um, and it ramped up. It's just like a brief, uh, I guess just like a brief.
0: A brief ramp up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But – yeah, it just, it ramped up from there, and I ended up moving back here to Gainesville and got in a relationship and didn't slow down any, um, mm. and started drinking really, really heavily um, for about four years. I mean, it was going on for, like, a lot longer than that, um, but, like, it got really bad for, like, four years um, prior, and, uh, you know, one day, um, I, so I, I proposed to her, and the relationship ended three weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um and I totally understand why. And um, I, I, I fell on like a downward spiral. Like it was nothing else uh, for like three months or so uh, before I decided to go to treatment and get some help. Because I really like I was going to die. Um, I was dying as it was. So, yeah, it's mm. kind of how I came into sobriety. And it's been it's been a struggle for the past two years or so. But uh, things are looking really, really good right now.
0: Wow, that was like such a succinct overview of a story <laughs> that I know has a lot of twists and turns. Also, um, if y'all are in the chat, I just um, try to pin the content warnings. I know that there's a content warning for suicide for Alex's story because I vet all of my uh, all of my guests before coming on, just so we know, like we don't want to impose anything that might be like triggering or harmful onto you. But the stuff that um, me as a sober baby and my guests as sober babies uh often are like trying to navigate is some really tough shit, honestly. And I hope there's no one on this chat who's like not okay with me swearing because <laughs> if you've never seen sober baby before, like I have a filthy mouth and that has not stopped into sobriety. Um but yeah, like just so you know, if suicide is something that, um, hits close to home for you or is not something that, you know, you want to like listen to or have come up in the next hour, um, that content warning is going to be pinned there. But yeah, you said a lot in that like overview that I want to be able to kind of like back up and kind of pause. Um, sure. so you're sober. Yeah. Like totally like nothing. Like you don't even have like,
1: uh, I mean I drink caffeine, um...
0: Like you're not like doing drugs or anything. Like no,
1: You're no. totally sober. Yeah, I'm completely sober.
0: What the fuck? Yeah.
1: It's uh it's been one of those things where I kinda second guessed it in the very beginning where I was like, All right, like maybe at some point I'll be able to smoke weed or uh take some mushrooms or, mm. you know, get a little trippy or whatever it is. But uh alcohols, I mean, I've I've done just about everything. Um mm. and I've liked just about everything <laughs> for a long time. Um, but Uh, alcohol has been the common denominator and the constant throughout. And, uh, I realized that, you know, if I, if I did any of that other shit, it turns into me drinking again and like, I can't Mm -hmm. fucking do it.
0: How long have you been totally sober for?
1: Um, so I just passed 97 days. I think today's
0: 98. Um, oh my God. (laughs) Thanks. That's so exciting. Yeah.
1: It's been a process though. I mean, I, I started this journey December 30th of 2019, um, that was, like, the day that I just completely gave up. And there's been relapses as a part of my story. And they've been pretty hefty. But uh, none of them really lasted that long. Mm. Um, You know, at the most, they're, like, a week at a time. And then I end up in a hospital somewhere.
0: Mm -hmm. So So before all this hospital shit and before all this, like, rehab stuff, like, let's bring it all the way back. Because, and, like, for those of you watching or listening, um, I don't know Alex's story. You know, like, Alex, I felt kind of immediately connected to him because... I really liked his energy, and I saw a lot of, like, similar qualities, you know, just being, like, generally kind of outgoing and friendly, and, like, you gave me a really good hug, and I was, like, I needed that. (laughs) I really needed that that day. Um, But, like, it didn't all start out with a crash and burn, you know? At least my story didn't, you know? So can you talk about... Do you remember the first time you drank? Or, like, the first... Like, what it was like when you first started? Kind of. Yeah.
1: So I, I can't say that I naturally remember the very very first time that I drank I remember one of the very first time well I do remember one of the first times uh I was at my dad's house and he he there was a bottle of Svetka that he left out on the counter and um I think I might have drank before then um uh, maybe like beer or something like that but um he used to like put like grease and like oils from like food and shit, like into like containers so i wasn't oh, sure and then if put it in the freezer it would, like, to or to, like no to, well yeah i guess so and to like oh, okay. throw out like he didn't want to put like oh. fat in like the drain or some shit oh, like yeah. that
0: my dad just joined the chat hi dad <laughs> what's up
1: <laughs> um but yeah so like i wasn't sure like what the bottle was for so i remember taking a swig of it and it burnt so bad and i started freaking the fuck out like, yeah i had no idea what it was and then like
0: it, couple, was cu- yeah, it was yeah.
1: alcohol yeah yeah oh yeah okay. yeah okay. it was vodka and uh I remember like a couple minutes later um I was like oh shit this feels really good this
0: mm. feels really, really good. but
1: I smoked before I before I drank anything I smoked out of a I smoked out of an apple with oh a couple God. of friends on the golf course <laughs> and they ended up coming over and making eggs that were so high I didn't get high at all dude um,
0: that's such like a sub like <laughs> a like that's just like That was my town that I grew up in. I grew up in like a very kind of wealthy white town. And I feel like smoking out of an apple on the golf course was like a a high school staple. And you have like a crushed water bottle of like a little bit of vodka that someone stole from their parents. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how it was.
0: Mm. So you kind of were like, this tastes awful, but I like how it feels.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I I think it might have been like, that was freshman year, I think. And then sophomore year, uh, we ended up going to spring break. And like that was the first time like I really got like drunk as fuck with Mm -hmm. some friends and you know went all out and made some experiences that uh i had never i had never experienced before and uh like loved the lifestyle and uh we played we played really competitive soccer um growing up so like we were gone every single weekend around the state and we practiced you know four hours every single day Mm -hmm. the days that we weren't practicing we were in jacksonville or orlando or tampa or something like that for a tournament um So the times that we did have that were off, it was uh, we were either longboarding, hanging out around the neighborhood, or you know starting to get wasted. So
0: I can really identify with that, and I guess I should have seen that coming. um, In terms of uh, (laughs) is this man from Central Florida? Says my friend Allie. This is big Central (laughs) Florida energy. Where are you from? (laughs) No, I'm
1: from Gainesville. Gainesville, Florida energy. Yeah. Um, North Central Florida.
0: I, like, really can identify with being on a very competitive sports team and being, like, we go really hard. Like, we are top-tier athletes, and we also go as hard drinking. Yep. Like, what is up with that, That like, combo?
1: I don't know. It's competitive energy, and uh, we like the highs. I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, the rush that it feels to be in the middle of a game even afterwards, uh, it's like, I run now for the high. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. run a lot and it's the only high that I get now. It's a healthy high, but, um,
0: I feel like there was also some kind of twisted thing where it's like, I would be partying. So I was on the sailing team. That's the competitive sport I did. Um, <laughs> Connor
1: just said ding dong <laughs> to one my best r- friends. Ding dong ditching.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that's just real.
1: Causing trouble in the neighborhood. I'm yeah. sorry you off.
0: No, not at all. I'm just thinking about how like it was such a, And I don't know if these are like actually things that were happening or things that were in my mind, but to me, when I was like out partying till two, till three in the morning, and I knew I had to wake up at 6 a.m. to train, you know, with our trainer, there was something that made me want to be able to do all of that even more. I was like, I can stay up till two in the morning and I'm going to run the fastest tomorrow. And it was like this weird. It was like alcohol was part of the training.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was something to prove to myself. And like, I don't know, like even in college, like the first half marathon that I ran, my friend hurt his ankle and he asked me to run it for him. And uh, I just like woke up the next morning and like I was tripping balls the night before. (laughs) (laughs) And like drank like half a bottle of Fireball and just like ran this half marathon. I was like, I wanted to prove it to myself. Mm. And like, it was just, you know, I don't know what it is either.
0: Yeah, definitely some level of, of like needing to prove myself. Yeah. Like I can do I can be all of it, you know? And especially as someone who's like pretty small. I was on a team with like really tall, husky guys, you know, six feet tall, over two hundred pounds, and what I'd be were you like playing? Sailing.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: It's like it is pretty competitive, you know. Um, definitely not like soccer, but we trained five, That's six different. hours a day and we all had to be really fit and like low-key got an eating disorder from that sailing team, you know, because the coach was like, I'm not going to start you unless you drop 25 pounds. Wow. Like in a month. Wow. So how are you going to do that? You know? That's up. But this idea of like, I needed to prove that I was the best almost. I don't know if that's what you like felt with or like just beyond needing to keep up. Like I needed to like really set the example.
1: I really don't know. I mean, people talk about addiction and drinking as, uh, that it was a way that I needed to change how I felt or it was about confidence or, um, it really didn't start off that way for me. Like, I just, I loved the feeling. Like, so
0: what, like,
1: it ended up being that way, but yeah. So
0: where was that shift where it was no longer hanging out and longboarding and an apple bowl? Like, can you, I mean, can you it pinpoint was, that?
1: Y- not like an exact date, but it was okay. after college. Um, I joined a fraternity when I was in college. Um, yikes. And so, yeah, yikes. Um, I can't
0: believe I'm sitting next to a frat boy on sewer, baby. That's a first.
1: <laughs> I told you, I know you it's get-go. okay. It's but, okay. Uh, yeah i mean it was just so normalized like every night um and it just didn't feel any different like i i didn't drink any more than well i did drink more than like i think a lot of (laughs) but um i partied more well it wasn't even more consistently like it was just so normalized um did
0: you live in the fraternity house no no Oh, okay
1: um i mean we had like a we had our own house that i lived with like four of my other brothers at but uh the brethren yeah.
0: The Drunken Brethren.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Which I think one of them actually might be on here or he's going to be watching it at some point. A couple of them um, that I live with. But. Uh,
0: Frat Boys at Sober Baby. Yeah. Love it. So, I
1: mean, I moved home. Um, I was struggling in school, like really bad. I think I had like a 1.8 my first semester in college.
0: So, what did your days look like? Because I feel like you're painting, and I'm also like, my job on Sober Baby is to kind of slow us down and like really. Yeah. Like nurse some things out. So when you were a part of this, you know, frat, we're kind of leading up to the point where maybe it starts becoming a problem. What did your days look like? You would wake up with all your with all your bros in the house. Like, what would the day look like?
1: I mean, I would wake up and there would be like a bottle or a drink next to me, and I'd start my day off with that, and then like smoke a bowl or a joint and get my day started, and either go to class, decide I'm not going to class, end up partying the whole day. Um, it just, it really depended. Um, Mm. I didn't, I didn't take school very seriously at all until like, I really, like I had to, or like my parents were going to like take me out or something like that. Like I was super enabled throughout my whole life, which is like one of the main, which is one of the main reasons. Like I, I didn't have to do anything for myself, Mm. you know, um, financially at least. So it gave me the freedom to really do like whatever the fuck I wanted, which is really Did you feel bad about that?
0: Were you like, I'm smart, like I'm driven, like, were you just, like, I don't care about going to class? Because I, like, w- I would go just go to class drunk because I was so scared not to miss class because no. I'm, like, a little goody two-shoes. No, I didn't
1: give a shit. Like, I really oh. didn't care. I didn't understand oh. who I was affecting, my parents, financially, emotionally, um, myself, mm. um, you know, in terms of, like, my education and moving forward in life. Um, but... Yeah, just if if I get off topic, like let me know. I'm super I'll ADD, let, you so, know, no, it's yeah, okay So you kind of construct this space. But um but yeah, so if we're talking about like pinpointing uh where where the change happened, I I decided to drop out and I was living at my house for like another month and then I told my mom. Um and like I don't necessarily remember, it was a really foggy three years, but I remember saying that like I wanted to like move somewhere. Um, I didn't want to move home and my mom gave me the suggestion to like go volunteer in India and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to volunteer in India. Um, sounds like a great idea. So I moved home and started working and then,
0: uh, like maybe a volunteer trip will fix my son.
1: Right. Like, let me move all the way across the entire world and, uh, you know, get some, get some spiritualism in my life. But yeah. And then I met, uh, the mother of my son and we fell in love and i ended up not going to india and um like we parted together but there was like probably after like the first year um was when the change happened like my body started to need alcohol um like what it was very mean? very it was very different like i would wake up like i had shakes i would have to like peter off or do like a tolerance uh Oh. Tea, like, what do you call that when you're smoking? Like, like a, a tea break? Yeah, like a tea break. I okay. need like tea breaks and shit like that. You know, it, it was like my body was starting to need it. And uh, that's when I really realized, like, holy shit, like, I know I've, I've been an alcoholic I'm for like, a, yeah, for cool, uh, for, for a long time and I just hadn't realized it. Um, so Dude. like the first, Yeah. In AA, the like, the first step um, – I know you don't really talk about it too much, but, uh, but like, the first step for me to, like, realize that I was an alcoholic was really fucking easy for me because, like, it had been it had been there for years.
0: So you were drinking, and you were like, I, I know I'm an alcoholic. Like, I know I can't stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: True. For, like, True. E-
1: for a long time. For a long time.
0: And so that continued. What were you, like – the thing that amazes me about alcoholics and I think part of what is so – insidious about the stigma of addiction is that a lot of people why are you laughing
1: I'm just no go ahead you let me finish yeah
0: okay um because I think a lot of people just assume that addicts are failures and aren't good at anything and are not capable of doing anything and it's like excuse me we are very capable of doing a lot of things it's like this weird paradox where we can hold down jobs and we can hustle and we can like manipulate people to let us stay in different places. And like, you know, we can do a lot of different things. And some, some people are just like low key functioning. Like I'm not going to make it sound like all alcoholics are sober or need to get sober. Like that is not my position, but there were um, just like so many times when I'd be like rocking it out at work and like doing my thing. And like, I couldn't stop drinking, you know, it's this really weird feeling of being like, I can think it through, I'm aware of it, and I can't stop.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, like, even starting off in the service industry, I was a server for, like, 10 years, and, like, from the get-go, I was drinking before the shift, because, you know, it made me more personable, or I, so I thought. Yep. <laughs> um, and then it, <laughs> it just got so normal uh, to where, like, I wasn't having, like, a couple of shots before the shift, like, I was getting shit-faced, hmm. um, like, not remembering shifts. And stuff like that.
0: It also, I think, is really normalized in the service industry. Like, to drink yeah, and party.
1: For sure. Front and
0: back of the house. For sure. Yeah. Back front of the, the house ho- with more drugs. I was going to say back <laughs> of the house. <laughs> like, I'm like, back of the house is like the stoners who are like, yo, man. Like, you want to roll later? And front of the house is like, let's get a shot. Like, like, let's fucking <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we're going out until 2 in the morning. And then all the back of the house is going back yeah, to the house and like doing lines. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least my experience, like... And I'm very grateful for my uh, previous employers in the service industry who kept my sorry, drunken ass employed for so long. Um, But it's that kind of like scraping by the seat of my pants that I think about as kind of the peak years of my drinking. Um, Because I started drinking when I was 12 and I didn't stop until I was 26 um, with like a one year period of sobriety in there. Um, But yeah, like the entire time that I lived in Boston, I don't know if you know that I lived in Boston, but like the entire time that I lived there, which was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go Connecticut. Um yeah, there was like a four year period there where I was just trying to keep it together, but I didn't know how to keep it together, but I thought the only way that I could was to continue to drink and do drugs. Yeah, same.
1: I didn't think I was ever gonna change. Like I didn't think that I had an option. Like I thought I was too far into it.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: I was just like, Okay, well, I gotta figure out how to manage it. Did people it gets like bad.
0: did people say like Alex were worried? Oh yeah there were people around you who were like,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom was, (laughs) my mom was picking me up like three or four times a year in different cities, you know, a couple of times, like not knowing how I got there. You know, I was losing a phone and wallet like (laughs) it seems like like, every fucking month. Probably. Um, But I mean, she would come down to Fort Myers, which is where I went to school and she'd like get a hotel room and revive me Mm. and spend a weekend with me just basically letting me detox um Dude. so yeah I mean that was happening for a while and like even when I was 16 uh <laughs> one of my best friends and I uh that we played soccer together uh we had game night and like we would buy four tell our parents we were going to the gym buy four locos come back and we would drink like two four locos and play video games till like three in the morning and at one point I think she found like 16 of them like underneath my bed and she wrote me a letter and, and you know she said she was really concerned and like I didn't even think of yeah. anything of it I, I totally forgot about it until like a year ago mm so
0: i love meeting people who also drink four (laughs) loco
1: the originals the grape yeah yeah they were
0: like scary
1: they were back yeah like before they before they changed them it was their real
0: deal they were really really messed up yeah yeah i guess i i just like i can't relate with that aspect of it because my sister who's been on this show a number of times who is sober and um like i literally just like love her and she means a lot to me uh she she and I drank and used a lot together and I by proxy of like codependency or of like older child syndrome or of just being like a deep people pleaser was like I can never show anyone how much I'm struggling like my sister's got that covered like I can't do that and so when I got sober everyone was like what (laughs) have a problem (laughs) like why are you getting sober you know and for me i know that's like very different than what you're explaining but i'm just like sharing that with the group but also just like uh people deal with things really differently and um so that's, I guess, why whenever I like make new friends, I'm like, damn, you really want to be friends with me? Like, if you only knew. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I mean,
1: I and I, don't, I don't necessarily feel that way. I'm pretty egotistical. Uh, like, <laughs> you don't want to be friends with me? What? Um, Something's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, which is something that I'm working on. That's okay. Um, but uh,
0: people knew that some shit was up with you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, it was obvious. Like, I, all, <laughs> uh, I got ripped up like off of some woman's backyard couch, like, near her pool. I was, like, completely naked uh, by, like, five police officers. And apparently, like, I slept there overnight after a party. Like, I couldn't find my house. Like, it mm. was just I was doing things that were, you know, ridiculous. Mm. Um, and so it was obvious. It wasn't like I was holding anything back.
0: Mm. Do you think something changed when you moved, like, back home? You moved back home from college, right? Yeah. I started taking like,
1: alone okay. a lot more. Where, I mean, there I didn't have an opportunity to drink alone. Like, I was always around right. people. I had four other roommates. Right. Um, there was al- always a party going on. Uh, but then at home, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to work and I might drink with my roommate or drink by myself or I'll go out and drink with people. But, mm. like, it didn't matter. I was drinking by myself in college, but um, it didn't feel like it was yeah. alone because yeah. there was always people around. Totally. Yeah.
0: And you don't have any siblings?
1: No, no, I'm an only child. You're an only like child. By, well, by birth, right. I have I have three sisters. Okay. Um, from from my stepfather. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, growing up until the point until the time I was like 12 years old, I didn't. I mean, I all my family lived up north, so it was just my mom, my dad, my stepmom, and my stepdad. Mm. Like, my whole life.
0: I haven't had a lot of guys on the show, and so I guess maybe like Loki, knowing that there are lots of moms in this chat, I'm kind of wondering, <laughs> and also just like people who have like older brothers and like maybe partners or whatever, like. I feel like the experience of being like a girl person versus a boy person um, and drinking a lot is really different. Like, I understand that there was a lot of concern around people were like concerned about you, but there's like just a different level of like needing to be saved or
1: yeah for 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 girls
0: yeah versus guys yeah. I mean, it's like oh, he can just man up and like pull it together, right?
1: I think that, and especially recently in being sober and around a sober community, I hear a lot of the times. Uh, for men you know it's like oh man like he was doing some wild shit and then the same thing the same story could come from a woman's mouth and you know it's looked at she's she's a cra- she's crazy or yeah you know she's being a whore whatever it is and it's just there's a there's a completely fucked up stigma um it's just yeah. completely flip-flop yeah so yeah I think that that's something that should be talked about a lot more than it is.
0: Yeah, fun fact, yeah. regardless of your gender, none of us addicts can pull it together until we do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> hit the bottoms. That's it. Hit your bottoms. That's y'all. it.
0: Um but yeah, I guess I just think about that a lot because I have a sister and neither of our parents are alcoholics, but um but we both are, right? And so it's kinda like weird. And we're the only like sober people in our family. Um my friend Maddie just said, like, I had to get it together versus oh boys will be boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Like If I went out and hooked up with tons of guys and was really drunk, a lot, I mean, you know, content warning, sexual assault, it's like, what were you wearing that night, you know, or like, (laughs) were you asking for it? And it's like, no, bro, I just can't handle... Like if Alex and I were to drink together, which I would never like to see happen, yeah. I'm sure you could handle your liquor far differently than I could, and I would be on the floor after yeah. a quarter of a four loco, whereas you were having two and playing video games and chilling. I cannot. Yeah, I was throwing up was, after a half.
1: That was that was the beginning. That was just the beginning.
0: So what happened after that? What happened after the four locos?
1: Man, it went to. I mean, it was beer and liquor in college, but when it got really serious uh, at home, I i mean right now i couldn't tell you the last time i drank anything out of a glass like i was thinking about that the other day somebody said that they used to come home and pour themselves a glass and i was like what the fuck like i haven't i haven't drank Mm -hmm. out of anything except for a handle or a bottle in years
0: you took out the fun stopper
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah there's another word for it but
0: i don't know it. yeah Yeah, we can talk about that later
1: uh, yeah but, uh that little
0: thing that like makes it pour and it goes like glug, 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 like when you take that out, it's just like a solid turns. stream, yeah. yeah,
1: so I mean, I kept it underneath my car seat for like two or three years. Damn. It just stayed underneath there, um,
0: damn, all these alcoholics who are drinking and driving, I can relate
1: yeah. i mean I but.
0: You stored it under there. That's yeah. intense. Yeah.
1: It was really messed up. And like, oh. the people that I drove around with, including my son, which is like something that I'll never get over and forgive myself for. It's, it's a work in progress. I, I will eventually. But mm. it's still something that's really hard uh, to cope with. But um,
0: So it got worse. So it got worse,
1: man. I, uh, I, wh- what do you want me to go into?
0: the truth like what happened next like you're drinking i'm mean,
1: gonna go from like the bad part till now I mean, I no
0: feel... i mean like we're just talking about i'm just thinking about like what alex's life was like when you were storing a handle under your car seat you know what i mean like and you have a you had a kid like you have a kid you know yeah. what i mean like
1: i mean we were living at my dad's house um it just it was chaotic i was And I was in the service industry. I was working at, like, a country club, and I couldn't keep that job. And then I ended up working at a breakfast place and ended up becoming, like, the assistant manager there. And I literally quit that job because it was too many hours, and the Cheesecake Factory was opening up, and I knew that I was going to make more money, and I could still drink. Mm. Like, that was the the premise of why I took that job. Um, So, like, my whole world was surrounded and, like, revolved around me being able to drink and, like, keep it as together as I possibly could. Um, Even though it wasn't... uh, I mean, uh, (laughs) I was holding it together enough to go down slowly. Mm. Like, just as slow as I possibly could, but it was still going down. You know? Uh,
0: A lot of times, like, in recovery spaces or just in general people will talk about having a bottom and i don't know if like any everyone i'm assuming a lot of people on this chat are familiar with like alcoholics and addicts but i forget sometimes that like people like don't know so i guess maybe before we go into that there is a question in the chat that i do want to honor and then we'll talk about bottoms yeah
1: there's a couple of them
0: oh yeah what other questions are there
1: no there's just some people that i recognize oh
0: hi everyone what did your post-college friendships look like during this Oh, man. I'm going to get my drink. Keep going. Your yeah. Dad,
1: you got this. Um, Yeah, cool. Um, post-college friendships. The friends that I had, I'm sorry, um, from growing up, they maintained, but I steadily stopped talking to them as much. Um, and, you know, I built new friends, but they were mostly from the restaurants that I, mm. you know, worked at. Like, it wasn't like I was going outside of my comfort zone anymore. Um, it was just the people that are, that were surrounded, that surrounded me. Those are the people that I interacted with. Mm. The people that were out of sight tended to become more out of mind. And like, that was, that sucked. Um, you know, I don't know the person that asked that question. I don't know if you can relate to that at all, but I got really, my, my son's mom and I, we, we got really close and I really just like dove into that relationship and became friends with her friends. And that's really what my life looked like was My relationship, her friends, my friends that didn't all live in the same city as me Hmm. and work. I mean, that's that's really what ended up happening.
0: Yeah. Um, Literally same.
1: Yeah. Same. My only friend, my my
0: only best friend was the bottle. Yeah. I don't think I had friends like I also just like struggled uh, with codependency. So I just didn't really have friends outside of the things that I needed or needed to get things from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. But Ali said, I had a hard time speaking to the people who knew me before it was bad. Like, I could I could just come back to that. Or I couldn't just come back to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was embarrassed. I mean, I see, geez, like, a lot of my friends are on here right now and their parents. <laughs> um,
0: Hi, Alex's friends and parents. <laughs> Welcome to Sober Baby.
1: But, uh, yeah, it, I was embarrassed. And, like, that kept me from reaching back out to them. Mm. You know, it was it was like, it would go months. It, it's still, it it's still hard for me to reach out to them. Honestly. I mean, I just talked to Connor for the first time, like over the phone, what yesterday and the rest of my group, like they have this group chat and like, I'm, I've been so embarrassed to even like reach out to them in sobriety. Mm. Um, so I get the struggle. Like I understand completely where you're, where you're coming from. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like to even extend that a little bit and to kind of acknowledge what we first started out with, which is it's hard for me to make friends. It's a new thing for me to sit next to someone who like, and I've told this to Alex, so he's not gonna be surprised by this, but I literally was just like, yo, if you fuck with me, like this friendship (laughs) is over. Like I do not trust guys. Like I don't know how to be friends with men. And you were just like, so kind and like gentle with me being really kind of standoffish about it, to be honest. But like, there's this level of um, like body trauma and kind of like, we did a lot of shit to our bodies as addicts, you know? Some of us more than others. And so, like, learning that we're not constantly in crisis or need to be afraid or, like... I, I go to sleep... I don't know if you can relate, but I go to sleep, like, with anxiety about waking up because I just would, like, wake up fucked up and be like, fuck, I'm hungover. Like, I have to, like, pull it together right now.
1: Oh, man. I mean, I can't really relate to that just because I was so drunk when I went to bed. I would...
0: Are you wake up drunk?
1: Oh, I'd, oh yeah. Oh. I mean... If you drink a full handle, like your body can't get rid of it in time. And then Mm. you just wake up and you drink more and it just never stopped. It didn't stop. Like, that's insane. I didn't, I don't think that I ever had alcohol outside of my system for like years. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, like, what happened? Like, you're clearly not drunk now, so some shit happened.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, when my last relationship ended, and I told you, like, I spiraled down for like months. I was making some really bad decisions during that time period. Um, I stopped caring about life a lot. Um, and when I decided to go to treatment, I was uh, at a treatment center for three months. And I was like, I totally got this. Like,
0: uh, and you moved? Did you like live there? At yeah, this treatment yeah. Center? So, so okay. I lived
1: there. I lived there. Um, it was in the same. It's in Gainesville. So I stayed here. Um, And it was right before COVID. Like it was January 1st, January 2nd until like March 24th
0: of Mm. 2020.
1: So it was like right before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And um, I got out and, you know, there was no in-person meeting. So it was all Zoom. I know you can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, I totally got this. And um, what I ended up relapsing on was uh, a little 50-centiliter limoncello (laughs) <laughs> from yeah like the real alcoholic relapsing on limoncello my my mom and my ex uh they cleared out all of the alcohol in my apartment except they didn't find uh, that and like i kept it around i found fuck. it like two weeks after i after i got back from uh, frc and like on my six month uh like i didn't even pick up a blue chip like on my six month, Jeez. i relapsed and uh, it's okay
0: my my relapse started with alcoholic kombucha so <laughs>
1: which i'm drinking right now except it's no, not alcoholic. like no
0: you know how there's like the actual alcoholic one that you have to show your id to buy
1: yeah yeah, yeah well i just like... found that out like a couple of weeks ago oh yeah so no that's idea. what
0: that's what mine started with
1: okay well yeah it's like as soon as alcohol touches my lips though my whole brain flips yeah and uh yeah i mean then i found myself standing up on top of a building wanting to kill myself and uh that was like the first time that i really experienced like holy shit like you know, I don't, I'm so tired of putting people through this. Like, I hate being a burden. Like, I, I mean, at that point, my son and his mom, uh, his mom was in another relationship. And like, I really, I'm so grateful for the both of, like, they're married now. I'm so grateful for her and her husband. Um, because they've like, however hard it's been for them to maintain, uh, a new relationship together and having like a son, their son full time, our son full time. Um, you know, it's really allowed me to b- become sober. Um, so it's, mm. yeah. So I have like a lot of gratitude and, uh, just a lot of gratitude towards them. Um, but you know, at the time when I was standing up on top of there, I was like, he's got, he's got Michael he's got Kristen. Like I'm irrelevant and like, mm. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, fuck it. I'm tired of being a burden. So then I drank like for the next couple of days, like I drink like a handle a day, handle to a handle and a half a day when I'm drinking. So it's like really bad. Um, and <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's Were lot. you
0: eating? Yeah. Oh.
1: And working out just and wondering. like doing all the normal shit, um, just Jeez. everything with drinking. But uh, yeah. So then I went back to detox and went back to my treatment center for like another two months before I was waiting to get a bed at like a long-term treatment center, which was like eight months. I was there for eight months. Um,
0: can I ask you a question? Yeah. So did you go back to detox and this is just like, I think maybe not something that is talked about a lot or something that I also like, I didn't go to a treatment center. Um, so I just kind of like dealt with withdrawals solo, but again, (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't withdrawing from a handle and a half of vodka every day, you know, like, so did you go to detox because it wouldn't have been safe for you not to have been detoxed in a facility um in a sense,
1: yeah, I think it just naturally ended up there though oh, okay. i mean my my dad's a psychologist and therapist, my mom's a psychologist and therapist, my stepdad's a psychiatrist and therapist, like my stepdad works at the detox place like he's not he's on the other side of it, but like mm. you know he works there um so For me, opposed to, like, a lot of other people that aren't as fortunate, like, you know, when I reach out to them, they understand, like, you got to go to fucking detox, Mm. you know, like, you might seize up and die, Mm -hmm. Um, which I've, I have somewhat detoxed on my own, and I was, (laughs) it's part of my story, too, like, on another relapse, I was in St. Louis, Missouri, and I thought I was dying, I was throwing up, like, green bile and blood, and it was just atrocious, Um, Mm. but yeah. Sorry to interject. No, it's a little bit later.
0: Yeah, keep going. I'm listening.
1: Okay, um, I mean, I guess I can kind of like finish up the story and how I got here. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I was at another detox center for uh, eight months, and then when I got out of there, um, I started living in my car for like a month before I found a place to live, and was driving DoorDash and Bite Squad, to, you know, to keep the money flowing. Which is what I still do. It's just on a different uh, basis, <laughs> but um, and this
0: is like during COVID.
1: Yeah, it's all during COVID. Like this whole thing is recent, COVID. guys. This yeah. is some recent shit. So it was all 2020 for the most part, and 2021. Uh, so it was all 2021. But um, yeah, so then I was outside, you know, in the outside world for like three months, and um, I relapsed again, and <laughs> decided I was gonna. I every time I relapse, I want to kill myself like, immediately, like, it's, like, one day I'm okay, and I'm drinking, and the next day, I'm, like, I can't believe I fucking relapsed, I want to die, I want to be off this earth, so I decided to drive to Colorado, like, stole a fireman's jacket off of the off of a fire truck, like, was drunk as shit, and just got in my car, and decided I was going to jump off a cliff in Colorado, so, like, I put the GPS in as Colorado, and... Naturally. I just started driving, and it took me, like, two days and five handles on the road, and I ended up Getting my uncle ended up uh, calling me and then calling like the ambulance for me, and he flew out that night to come get me out of the hospital um, and drove me back. And within, I I ended up making it as far as St. Louis, Missouri, um, to where you know the, the only reason I stopped there is because I saw this huge like arch thing. I was like, what oh, the yeah. fuck is that? And I was on the phone with actually one of my best friends. He was like, dude, are you in St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know where the fuck I'm at, but yeah, I think so. The arch. Um, Yeah. But uh, I came back and I think I was, I don't know how long I stayed sober, maybe like a day or two. And then I started drinking again. Like once I go, once I, once I get going, I cannot stop until I'm in a hospital. Um, Mm. So I started drinking again and I figured I was gonna, like the only real way for me to off myself was to like shoot myself. So I, uh, I had a gun. It was at my dad's house. Um, We agreed to keep it there in a safe and I went into the house and I found, cause I found the keys um, to the safe and I went into his house and I took it. I won't go into like all the long detail about, you know, everything, but like I still have the videos on my phone of me saying goodbye to my friends. Um, I've never, I haven't watched them since, but like, you know, to all my best friends who are watching this, like I have videos of me saying goodbye to you guys. Um, I said goodbye to all my parents, my son, I mean, like, I really said goodbye to everybody. And I ended up in uh, Loch Lusa, Florida, with a friend of mine. um, And we went out to a friend of hers property. And they told me to shoot out all my ammo. So I shot out all of it except for one bullet. And I pocketed it. And at, like, midnight, I told them I was going to go and do it. And uh, they were super fucking pissed. But they're addicts, and they understood. So I drove down the street. And... I got out of my car, and I, uh, I started, I laid out in the grass, um, of just, just this grassy field, and the night was starry, there was no clouds in the sky, um, and I chambered the bullet, and, uh, I was just laying down, and then, like, I'll never, like, I still hear it sometimes, but, um my gun had a double safety and so like i heard the click of it and i still i can still hear the click and like the fire of it but um yeah i shot myself in the in the head um and i woke up to like helicopter blades and like i can still feel the wind um the police officer asking me like if <laughs> i had the fire jacket on he was like are you a firefighter <laughs> um like i can joke about it now um
0: yeah all of us are sitting here being like
1: The first time I told you, you broke out in laughter. Okay,
0: you didn't tell it to me like that. First of (laughs) all, no, I didn't. You were just like,
1: I shot myself in the head, and you like started. Yeah, you said it like very casually. Yeah,
0: that's like really fucking intense, Alex. Yeah. So I'm really glad you're alive.
1: Me too. I had a concept of a higher power, Mm. and I, yeah, thanks. Um, I had a concept of it, and but I didn't like I didn't really believe. You know, I wasn't like working on a relationship with him, which I like you don't have to have a higher power to stay sober um I just choose to because like I don't know any other way that like the bullet hit my head and it went underneath the skin and it skipped off of my skull and it went out the top of my of my scalp and like I don't really know any other way it was a nine millimeter like I don't really have any explanation for. for For why it didn't work yeah for like why it didn't work like yeah um yeah so that's the that's like that was my bottom that was uh 98 days ago and um 98 97 something like that but uh yeah that was like all I needed um like I feel very different now it's you know I'm very early in sobriety um so you know nothing is definite but um I think my sponsor would tell you and everyone else that's around me is really supportive and sees me being a lot different. Um, Cause I mean, yeah. like this, that shit, <laughs> this shit doesn't happen to everybody.
0: Yeah, definitely not. And also like, thank you for being so honest and vulnerable and like yeah. sharing that, like it blows my mind not to make that bad pun, but <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: that's the face I know. Oh, uh, <laughs> yikes oh, man. where's the clicker
0: where's the, where's <laughs> where's the, the clicker the my mom clicker? gave me oh my god thanks mom for this anxiety clicker that I just like ruthlessly click and then I rewind <laughs> no I didn't get up to 5,000 today it's just like the thing about what I was going like to go back to this idea that like addicts are failures and like like addicts are crazy and shit it's like crazy as fuck. We, yeah we're crazy but like there is nothing like the grit of an addict like Yeah, You are sitting here three-ish months after shooting yourself in the head and, like, your life is, like, pretty okay right now. Like, your life is, like, pretty good. it's more than
1: okay. I mean, I choose to live a simple life right now. And, like, I don't want anything else other than that. Like, um, you know, the... I don't want all of the responsibility of, like, heavy-duty life right now. Like, I'm just trying to, like... Get my shit together and be able to like tell myself, okay, like you can, you deserve to like have a life, mm. kind of shit. So I like, do. I I drive for Doordash and I donate plasma for like a full time job right now. And like
0: you're kind of like giving life when you donate plasma, right? Yeah,
1: I mean it's not necessarily why I do it, but like oh. it is a good. I mean it's a good thing to do, but you know it pays my rent and like it allows me to like just focus on being sober like full time. So I mean that's all I want out of life right now.
0: Yeah, like what like. I'm I'm coming into Alex's life, you know, very gratefully, and I just kind of like I'm like, oh, this like lovely and personable human who Mm -hmm. is very open. Like this is how I know you. You know what I mean? Like I don't know you as any of the versions that you've described. Um, So yeah, aside from plasma and DoorDash, like, what's your life like now?
1: Um, Man. Sorry, um, yeah. burp it out. <laughs> <laughs> I have an awesome sponsor and an amazing like sober community and friends. Um, that's what I do every day. Like uh, I go to a meeting every single night, and like I used to find it like uh, I used to think it was a chore, but like really, it's like a it's a fun outing and get together that like mm. I get to spend like it like an hour and a half or two hours with like the people that get me the most, mm. that understand me the most. Um, like it's very few places I can walk into a room with and see a businessman, a doctor, a lawyer, somebody who's homeless and like everywhere in between. And like, there's a commonality between all of us and like nothing else fucking matters. And, uh, so that's what I do like every night and during the day I drive. Sometimes I just do step work and I hang out with my sponsor who's become like my best friend. Um, You know, I would have never thought that I was like going to be best friends with like a 40 year old skater, (laughs) but never
0: thought I would be friends with a frat boy. So
1: (laughs) yeah, exactly. I mean, it It doesn't matter. Like it
0: does. It does. But like it doesn't, you know, because you get me. Yeah, I do. You get me. Yeah.
1: From immediately. It's profound. Like you said,
0: we're both warm. Yeah. It's really weird. So your life is good now?
1: Life is great. I I couldn't ask for anything better. Like I I really appreciate life a lot Mm. more. So, yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about what it meant for me before and we're kind of like coming to the end of the hour. So Mm -hmm. if anyone who's been with us this whole time, which thank you for being here in this live stream, this has been amazing. If you have questions that you want Alex to answer, like drop them. Okay, great. There's some right now. Um,
1: There's a bunch of people I know in here, which is crazy.
0: What changed for you after hitting that bottom? What makes you want to stay alive now? Well, I have goosebumps for that question.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to experience life again it's been a long time since I um, had a desire to be like happy Um, I just wanted to be sober the past like two years because I had no idea like what else like really mattered Mm. Um, but you know I was talking to one of my really good friends two nights ago and you know she's in the process of Uh, like, buying a house. And, you know, I shared that, like, I just want a simple life and to be happy. And she, going through this process, was like, I didn't realize, like, how good I had it, like, Mm. a couple weeks ago before I was trying to buy this house. like, in working on a program of of sobriety, like, simplicity means a lot. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I want to be a great dad to my son. I mean, his birthday is on the 12th. It'll be on Sunday. Oh, my God. Um, He's turning four. So... We're having a birthday party for him uh, at his mom's house, and he's got his first soccer practice uh, that Saturday. Um,
0: does so he still like, like? Does he still like uh, little like smushy toy things? Is he still like? or Is he past that point?
1: I mean, yeah, he would. Ha- he likes everything. He can likes. Can I give mon- him a, Can I
0: get him a present? Yeah, then? yeah, okay. for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I want to be alive for my son now, and uh, it's not that I didn't want that before, but like I see it as being like a positive thing and not just like a something that i have to do and that's being real like i think his mom's watching right now and uh you know this is just me being like extremely candid and honest uh not trying to cover anything up but like you know i think i can be that person now Mm -hmm. um and shit like i hope anybody watching doesn't think that they have to shoot themselves in the head to get there but um or whatever your whatever your bottom has to be. Some people's bottom is just realizing that they want help, or that they like can't stop, and they figure out a way to do it. Whether it's a twelve step program, or whether you know you find some type of spirituality or Buddhism. I know plenty of people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like your bottom doesn't have to be so low. Um,
0: your bottom is but when mine you did. what is it? Your bottom is when you stop digging.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So
0: here's a present for Malachi, the thank audio engineer you. of this show, crochets Jenny, and we made some smileys. We're gonna do a giveaway on these next week. But <laughs> thank this you. This is like a four year old thing, right? Yeah. Is it totally not? I mean, he is w- it like a one year old thing?
1: <sighs> He'll like it. He'll love. You can
0: just like play catch with it.
1: No, it's... I'm like really like I think he's gonna like it. And I'll wrap it up and for that's him like and everything. Kind of like an attic he's thing. He's gonna. He's, like, he's honestly happy. he's gonna like uh, taking off the wrapping paper more than anything
0: else. Mm. Yeah. Um. There isn't, like, a stopping point to this, but I just want to open it up if there is, like... Well, because, yeah, your story's unfolding, and, like, it's still happening, but I just want to open it up if there's anything that you feel like you want to share or say or express or whatever, like, we have a few minutes.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I really don't have much other than those were the pinpoints of my story. There's... You can imagine there's a lot more in there, um... A lot more, like a lot of craziness, a lot. But I don't think that that really matters. It's kind of like war stories. I think it's really about, uh, you know, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And, you know, I think we got to the bottom of, like, how it started and, like, the main things that happened and, Mm. you know, what my life is now and what I want it to be. Mm. So, yeah, I really, really appreciate you, like, having me on this show. I've been so excited for, like, a week now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you're yeah, on Yeah, we it. got to spend some time at the beach this past weekend, and I, I it really built our friendship.
0: I know. And it was I'm really crazy. I'm excited to like build a friendship with you. Me too. Me too. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for being here, and thanks, everyone, for joining. And... um yeah. Uh, if people like want to follow up with you, I know there's a lot of people that you know who have joined. But mm-hmm. um, if people like have questions, can they reach out to you and yeah, message you?
1: Please. Um, I don't know okay? if there's like a way for me to like. Do you want me to just say it or? I can type it if in. You type it in there. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, A.M. Cole. I think it's A.M. Cole nine. Okay. You got an. A- I
0: know. In there, it's A.M. No, my fingers don't work. Oh. Yeah.
1: A.M. Cole nine, yeah. which is my Instagram. Um, I don't even know what my Snapchat is. So I don't know what, like, any of my social media is. I don't do a lot of this. But if you want to reach out to me, like, please do.
0: AM Cole nine. Yeah. We got some numbers dropping in the chat. I don't know if that's – is that your number? That's my roommate. Oh. <laughs> but is that your number? <laughs> yeah, your roommate just no, put – No, it's not my number. Okay, know. well, it's a fake number. Um, But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, now people are just Jeff. trolling. Yeah. Um, I hope that – this has been, like, the epitome of sober baby, which is – uh, I just feel like you're also an extremist so you'll understand this but like the epitome of sober baby is like dying laughing but also like talking about dying oh yeah you know it's like it's like both of those extremes <laughs> we're pretty and
1: addicts are pretty black and white
0: yeah so I just really appreciate no that I know uh, <laughs> uh, yeah everyone this is what it's become at this point but Alex thank you for being here I don't even like know how to I don't know I just didn't think that I would ever sit down with someone who is in a fraternity and be like, damn, I like can so deeply relate. And beyond that, like I just didn't know it was, uh, I could like connect with people this vulnerably. And honestly, after only knowing them for a few weeks and then knowing like, especially, yeah, especially a man. And also like, especially someone who I think we're going to be friends for a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like this isn't just like some, we're not just bullshitting. Like we mean this. Yeah yeah um so thanks everyone there's a lot of love and gratitude for you in the chat yeah and looks like it yeah hug that man for those of us who can't okay <laughs> that's
1: my best friend mm. yeah thanks guys
0: thanks for being a sober baby yeah bye everyone bye see you next week hey this is marina the host and creator of sober baby Hang out until after the credits for cringy and cute selections from behind the scenes. To listen to all of our episodes, watch the live show each week, and to support Sober Baby, head to our link tree, linktr.ee backslash soberbaby. Thank you to all of our patrons for helping make this show possible. My college cutie Miranda DeMaze Nordling for music direction, curation, and licensing through Now Again Records. Queen of Crochet, Jenny Alpa for audio engineering, my partner, Danny Vargas, for the endless support and love, and all of the sober babies out there, because without you, this doesn't happen. Now you get to see this whole other side of me, too. I'm like, I'm nervous.
1: Are you? Yeah, I always get nervous. Yeah, it's a good feeling. I
0: have my heart racing a little bit. But I look hot, so we're fine.